You're listening to the Performance Group Podcast, a place to listen, learn, and get to know the unseen heroes of our local community. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Kirby, and on the Performance Group Podcast, we make it our mission to learn from those around us and shed light on our local community. If you're new to the show, we have spoken to business leaders, community, organizers, friends, and family. And before we jump in today, I hope to ask you for a favor. If you could please just take one second to hit subscribe and share our posts. It would mean a whole lot to me, our team here at the Performance Group, and our amazing guests on today's show. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Performance Group Podcast. My name is Sean Kirby, and on today's episode of the Performance Group Podcast, I am joined by the one, the only, Mr. Richard Rich Musty. Rich, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So Rich is the owner, the founder of um, Unified Group Services out of Anderson, Indiana, originally home-based right here in the beautiful Pendleton, Indiana. Um, I've been very lucky and blessed to, you know, get you in here to have this conversation today, as well as um, say thank you for supplying so many local jobs um, to local people, in the least in the county and especially in Pendleton. Sure, sure. Glad to glad to be here. And uh, sorry we had to leave Pendleton, but Anderson was a great place to move to, and still kept the the people we had employed because uh, we didn't move far away. So you know, and you know, it, it's it's a um, it's a little county. It's uh, it's one of those things where everything's a, a drivable distance. You're right there next to the highway, and it's easy. Right. Plus, you right. have a gorgeous space. Right. So, um, obviously, that's where we are today. Why don't you um, kind of take a step back and, you know, talk about where you were in life pre-Unified Group Services. Kind of what, what got you to where you are today? Sure. Uh, was uh, born and raised in the area. Uh, went, went to college, to Franklin College, south of Indianapolis, uh, but come back here and uh, didn't think of being anywhere else in the Middletown area where I grew up mm-hmm. and uh, started my career in the healthcare administration world right out of college, basically, um, and uh, was fortunate to be with a startup company that grew quite rapidly over a seven, eight-year period uh, that, that had great success and I was a part of. Uh, First Benefit Corporation that uh, was in Anderson, but it sold out. Um, and, and prompted me to uh, take that experience and put it to use uh, as, as owner of my own company and uh, took the plunge yeah. uh, back in uh, early, early 1996 and uh, started in the sunroom of my house in Mechanicsburg, Indiana, and was there for a few months until we had a, a small space built out and put together. Faith Haley and I, which has uh, been in Pendleton, uh, lived here, raised her family in the Pendleton area for many, many years. Her and I started the company uh, in 96 uh, and, and, again, had space built out here in Pendleton at the Falls Park Plaza, mm-hmm. uh, just down from the uh, uh, the public swimming pool here in Pendleton. Mm-hmm. And it was a great place to start. Small space. It was just her and I. And uh, was fortunate to, over the course of uh, the very first year, add two or three employees and uh, – take off from there and been able to grow to where we are today, 140 employees. Isn't that something? It, it's where her and I have been amazed. She's since retired, yeah. uh, it, but did an outstanding job. And, and uh, her and I talk all the time how blessed uh, that we've been. God is good. Absolutely. So um, 
kind of give a, um, a high-level overview or kind of a, <laughs> um, a brief explanation of what benefits administration is to, you know, the average person who hears, you know, healthcare benefits administration right. or something like that, they go, what? Right. So kind of give a high-level overview of that and, you know, what industry, you know, were you working with? Sure. Uh, our, our clients, uh, and, and it's not everyday terminology to the common public, but our clients self-insure their health care plans, which means they take the risk. They pay us a fee to administer their health care plans such that their employees' uh, claims for medical, prescription, dental, vision, whatever it might be, uh, all come to Unified and we administer those benefits. So the employees call us for service issues, concerns, help with their health care plan, and our clients, being self-insured, fund that. Mm -hmm. uh, we do that for probably in a neighborhood of, we call it belly buttons, about 70,000 belly buttons. Um, and all that is administered right out of our Anderson office. Wow. This past year in 2021, uh, we processed in the neighborhood of about 800 to $900 million in medical claims, about one point two to 1.3 million actual transactions uh, out of Anderson, Indiana. Isn't that crazy? So um, 1996 is very different than the way that the world turned in 2009. So um, in my brain, you're starting to see more and more self-funding today because healthcare costs, especially, you know, employee benefits is, is hit kind of astronomical levels and huge sure. rate increase and stuff like that. What was the market like for self-funding or what was the you know the world look like in self funding for in 1996? Uh, Sean, it was uh, it was a maturing market. Um, self funding when I got in the industry in the what was really the mid 80s and working for someone else uh, was really starting to get a lot of traction. So the gentleman that started that company really hit the road running. Uh, a great time for self funding because ERISA law allowed employer groups to self insure and not just fully insure their health care plans. So hit the road running and uh, a lot of hard work, but a uh, great opportunity out there in the market and continue to mature. Uh, and there was a lot of players in the market from an administration perspective in our world and what we do. Uh, so it, it, it's continued to, to grow. And with the ever-changing laws, which, which makes it uh, a challenge, but it's pretty neat because it's an ever-changing world. This doesn't get stale that uh, – uh, we, we were sitting in a spot that uh, as a market is demanding more and more great administrative services and capabilities that uh, we thought uh, that we thought that this would be a great thing to uh, start a company and, and learn from what we did in the past and do it our way and offer outstanding service. And uh, we were very fortunate. So there's been a lot of players bought out, which has mm -hmm. done nothing but help us uh, because people are still wanting that, that intimate, uh, personalized service that that we think only a, a, a locally strong benefits company can offer. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, especially with as many of your people that we were talking about earlier live in the county. They're true members of the community. Right. So with that being said, and self-funding becoming what it is today, when you were in 1996, were you knocking on doors trying to find clients or were all of those county-based and then you started to get to, you know, this national player level or? Definitely, definitely not county based. I had uh, in my prior, uh, previous life made a lot of connections, uh, particularly around the state mm -hmm. and uh, capitalized on that and uh, really did a road show uh, throughout the, the state of Indiana. Nothing so much Midwest, but around the state uh, and, and relied on a lot of past contacts 
uh, and had had a nice reputation and was fortunate to uh, use those relationships uh, and was more powerful than I even ever thought it would be. Uh, but it helped us get started. And uh, I think we've been in business about six months and uh, financially moved into the area of minimal profitability, but we was in the black. Yeah. And uh, that was 25 years ago, and we've been in the black ever since. So it's just, uh, uh, you know, shocking and uh, but been, been very blessed many times over to, to be where we're at today. Yeah, absolutely. So when you were um, having that conversation in 1996, I assume that self-funding was not an idea people had even heard about. In 96? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely around. And, and you can almost go state by state. Indiana, Ohio are, are, are friendly and, and more open arms to the employer groups for self-funding than maybe other states. Uh, if you'd go to just pick New York, for example, that's still dominated by the fully insured market and the major carriers like Blue Cross, United Healthcare, Aetna, and Cigna. But Indiana, Ohio, North Carolina, I can name some other states that are more open-minded, mm-hmm. and, and uh, uh, self-funding is, is pretty well established and mature. And our average customer is about 250 employees. So uh, it runs the gamut from the low side of 25 or 30, uh, but certainly goes up from there. Again, we have an average client size of about 250 employees. Wow. So do you think that uh, based off the states you said and the, the ones that you said feel like they're still using the um, fully insured platform, do you feel like that has anything to do with blue-collar versus white-collar workers or blue-collar versus white-collar businesses? Uh, absolutely not. It runs uh, – I mean, if you just look at our client base, we have 150 employer groups that we take care of. Um, it runs the, uh, the gamut from uh, – would it be schools, county governments? Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of hospital clients to – You've got manufacturing firms, you've got construction companies, you've got computer software vendors. Uh, we've got about every type of industry out wow. there. So it's really those that are keen to, uh, there is some risk to self-insurance, but the reward is, is high in terms of uh, controlling your own destiny. That it's pretty neat that it goes across all industries. And it is. And, you know, from a product standpoint or a service standpoint, it doesn't limit you. So being able to work with as many industries as you have, right, it allows you to do it, you know, in the future. Yeah, our philosophy is you want to self-insure and have great outstanding service, great outstanding data analytics and capabilities that we've uh, matured into. Uh, and, and again, you want to self-insure, pick us. Yeah. So that's your value proposition today. When you were going to people in, you know, 1996, the value prop was, you know, we've got this excellent service. At what point did that data-driven analytics piece kind of step into the business? You know, uh, it it kept kind of knocking on the door, Sean. And and you, you know, as any industry, you got to keep your uh, uh, eyes and ears open. Mm -hmm. Um, And kept uh, hearing the, the, the need. And obviously, as costs go up, clients want to know what's driving that cost. So uh, that kept knocking on our door and keeping in tune with the industry like you should. Uh, in probably been 15 years or so ago now, uh, made a decision that that we've got to get in this and we've got to go into it in a big way from a real-time perspective and did that. And, and since then, our companies went from probably 40, 50 employees to 140. Wow. And, uh, and, and probably tripled in size in terms of our volume. And if we don't do that and say, well, we'll wait or not do it, uh, there's no question we will be where we're at today because we compete 
very favorably in our world. I'm not sitting here saying that it's easy. It's work, but it, it, our hard work pays off. And, and, again, it's really neat to be out there in a competitive business world and, and uh, hopefully continue to win our fair share and, and more and continue to grow. This past year, during the pandemic, we've grown probably 8 to 10% wow. during the pandemic uh, and, and couldn't be prouder. Uh, our team, is, it's just uh, humbling for me to look at our team and see it grow and, and meet and exceed our clients' expectations. Absolutely. And I think one of the, the beautiful things about that is um, the pandemic showed a lot of businesses where their costs were and what's a good way to cost cut or, co- or cut costs or a, a good way to maybe transfer risk in a different way. Right? right. So I think people are looking at different Absolutely. models. Right. We, we, we get the right audience. Uh, they, they really uh, uh, get on board with, with what we're doing and, and you back it up with, you know, we, we went from Faith and I starting the company the two people and our phone system was two phones hooked together and our computer network was two computers hooked together uh, to now where we're at today, but we still have uh, what we started off with, which is a uh, highly customer focused driven model uh, where we answer the phone nine hours a day, five days a week. It's a live answer customer service call center. And as simple as that sounds, it's a true foundation of our business that we're going to take your call going to answer benefit questions. You're not going to be sent to voicemail and wonder if anybody's ever going to call you back. And and we've held to that even through this uh, tremendous growth we've enjoyed. Yeah, absolutely. And especially with that tremendous growth, um, my dad, he's got a 10 rules of business. First rule of business, stay in business. Second rule of business, make money. Because just like you and I know as business owners, sometimes you don't make money until you got to stay in business. Yeah. Third rule, know your numbers. And then Today, especially in the market, I think number four may or may not be one of the most important things that people are looking at in 2022, and that's attract and keep good people. So obviously over the years, not only has have you attracted good and continuous like um, employees, right. but you've kept them over time. You've got right. people that retire out of Unified. Absolutely. Yep. Um, talk to me about what that has been like the core values behind your team and how do you keep those people around, keep them happy, keep them, you know, motivated to help you grow this company over time. Yeah. Great, uh, great opportunity. And, and I'm glad you're asking because uh, uh, it, it's those folks that uh, make the company we've added on and built buildings and remodeled and, and did that numerous times. And I remind people all the time, uh, a business, our business is not these buildings. It's our people. And, uh, we, we keep that at the forefront to do everything we can possible to make it a great culture uh, in, in terms of employee incentives. Uh, obviously, try to compensate well. Great benefit package. Um, we have our own uh, on-site or near-site, I should say, clinic that allows people to get uh, primary care for them and their, and their spouse and dependents wow. at no cost to them. Uh, primary care checkups, uh, things of that nature, prescriptions and all that delivered right through the clinic and have just continued to treat treat them absolute best we can, remain competitive in the marketplace, put a plug in there for a local company called Grace in Motion. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask. uh, That is uh, the last couple years has been awesome for us because we created uh, five on-site private workout uh, suites that come with uh, uh, professional on-site uh, instructors and coaches to 
help our people maintain a, a well-balanced life. We pay people. This is a, a super neat thing. I'm very proud to do it. You work eight hours a day, or you're there eight hours a day, and you're paid eight hours a day, but you work seven and a half. You're paid a half hour to walk or use a workout suite, treadmills, whatever it might be. Because our people, I mean, once you come to work, it's, it's a, uh, you know, you're, you're sitting at a desk, you're processing claims, you're taking phone calls, and majority of our people are doing that. And uh, we want them to have an opportunity to take a mental break and physical break from that. And uh, we've seen a lot of people do well with that program. So uh, Grace in Motion is the one that helps orchestrate that. They obviously are doing it on site that people don't have to leave the building uh, to take advantage of that. Wow. What made you, um, you know, make that sort of investment in your employees? Um, in, in talking with them, and, and I've, I've always tried to uh, lead a healthy lifestyle and, and, and the benefits of mixing and have a balanced life with uh, you got to work hard but also uh, uh, keep healthy and play hard and, and uh, hearing that and the impact that we thought it could make on our people's lives. And, and again, the nature business friend, it's a sedent, sedentary job. And it's like this is a no-brainer uh, that that people give them opportunity to do it right there. Uh, we have a lot of people with families, single mothers, and the last thing they're going to do probably is go home and focus on themselves and and get that time to themselves. And and we can offer it at the workforce. Again, uh, you're paid eight hours, you work seven and a half, uh, and it's not hurt our product productivity anything at all. If anything, it might have increased it. Sure. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I think that's a, uh, especially coming from your self-funded model, um, you are based off of the, the, the claims you pay and the healthier the population, Absolutely. the better it is. Um, is that something that you preach to clients as well? Something that maybe you're passing on? Yeah. Or? It, we wouldn't be where we're at today if we didn't offer, uh, we don't offer certainly anything like a grace in motion where we're, where we offer on-site coaching, but we have wellness programs that we help coordinate, use outside vendors that we can offer to our clients and back that up with, uh, with data to show, uh, the, the, the health status of their population, which unfortunately we see as, as, as uh, pretty poor and, and opportunities to improve that from a, a wellness perspective. Uh, people with chronic conditions that are not getting the right care, we can identify those that are, that are not compliant with their care. We can identify people that's not getting wellness checkups like they should. And, and we have programs that can help reach out to those people to try to get them engaged. Yeah. I think that's the, um, the beautiful thing about the self-funded program and some of those wellness programs is it's proactive. Um, I was talking to, I had a guy in yesterday. His name is Lewis Jackson III. He runs a program out of Anderson. It's a nonprofit called Redefine Life. And he has a mentoring program called The Village. And in the village, is it takes a village to raise a kid, right? Absolutely. So they're working with young males in their community before they get into a bad situation. People that maybe aren't in a good situation, but wow. haven't gotten in any yes. trouble yet, but it's per preventative medicine. Yeah. It's yeah. how do we you know show you that there is this village? Sure. And um, I think that what we've realized or what we're starting to realize, especially with COVID, everything's reactionary. Mm. We have become a reactionary world and we just need to put ourselves in a position to be proactive and you know, know what there sure. could be wrong, and smile and well. And what you're what you're touching on, at least it, it it comes to my mind is I tell people all the time at Unified that that uh, I couldn't care more, and this company couldn't care more about the people that's employed there. And look at this as a compound, and inside the walls of this place is we want to give them every opportunity to to succeed, and we care 
tremendously about them and their well-being and their family and take care of them while they're there. Uh, and, and, again, keep that workforce uh, with, with minimal turnover that we're blessed with. Yeah. So would you say that you've had that kind of mentality about the workforce and, you know, keeping people happy since you started with two people? Yeah. And again, I could talk, uh, use Faith Haley as an example. Her and I both, uh, uh, in, in starting the company and running it, uh, obviously you don't agree on everything, but without question, her and I agreed to treat people the right way, the way we would want to be treated. And, and, and I, I commend her for doing that and, and her as a uh, partnership and taking care of people from the very beginning. And, and uh, it's humbling as, as heck to look back and see these people. It's been 10, 15, 20 years. And we make sure we recognize that every uh, – we was doing it monthly, but with a pandemic it's changed. But, but we recognize every quarter now – those people have met the met those uh, uh, seniority uh, time frames of 5, 10, 15 years, and we recognize it in front of our whole workforce, give them a gift, uh, usually have some fruit and, and desserts, cake, ice cream, whatever, mm-hmm. and, and continue to recognize those people for, for meeting those uh, uh, thresholds of uh, seniority at Unified. Well, it's one of those things that, um, and I talk to my dad about this all the time, obviously I didn't grow up in the GM days. Um, I didn't sure. grow up you know, with the manufacturers around or any of it. So one of the things that we always talk about is people talk about there's not as much loyalty ever since the factories left. My grandpa, you ask him what he did. He doesn't say what his actionable item was. I wasn't a factory worker. I I worked at, you know, Guide Lamp. Yeah. Right? Right. So bringing that back, I think you have a very similar model where people say I work at Unified. I would assume I, you know, especially to have no turnover or not high turnover and have people sure. there for 20 years. It's not a very common thing anymore. So I, I applaud you. I think it's one of those things that, especially in financial services, right. um, it's tough. Well, and, and it, is, it is tough, but it's the right thing to do. That that's, that's, comes down to that. It's the right thing to do, take care of these people that's taking care of the business, the volume that I mentioned earlier. You know, how do you, how do you process 1.2, 1.3 million claims a year and all the effort that goes into that. Uh, it, it takes a team of people and a great coordination across all departments uh, to, to, from the time the claim comes in to the output of that and managing that to the, to the absolute exact dollar that our clients expect us to. Nothing more, nothing less. Is, uh, it's because of the, the, these great people that stick around. So We'll never get away from that. Uh, I can assure you that, that we're going to take care of our people the best we can. Absolutely. So over time, I imagine your process and procedures have, you know, they've, they've stayed similar from we're, we're here to pay claims. Yeah. Um, but with technology, things have adjusted. Yeah, think about it, Sean, the, the, in what we do, if you liken it to sports, uh, even as teams change their plays and the game develops, if this is basketball, you still better be able to pass, shoot, and dribble. Mm-hmm. And I can assure you we have the great fundamentals to be able to pass, shoot, and dribble, answer the phone, process claims timely and efficiently. Our turnaround time, even during the pandemic of a of a claim that comes into Unified, has maintained five days or less. Wow. If we get it in on Monday, it's done by Friday, unless it's a difficult claim or questions that need to be pursued or answered to, to further process that claim. So uh, we're we've – been able to keep to the fundamentals, but certainly along the way, healthcare continues to be a greater challenge, 
And absolutely, we've added the software, the technology, and the capability to be relevant to the current industry. Uh, the automation of, of claims processing has brought in a whole new uh, challenge uh, that you've got to have the artificial intelligence plus the training and intellect of your people to catch uh, potentially claims that are improperly coded, improperly priced, improperly submitted to us for uh, you know, to be able to move that to a clean claim. So uh, uh, we've been able to adapt to that world and remain competitive, and our clients recognize that uh, we're as current as we can be in this industry, and we'll keep changing. Yeah, because it's a it's an ever changing landscape. Yes. Um, with you onboarding, you know, at least 140 that you have now, talk about kind of your training and education piece, because I assume yeah. the majority of people that come in are coming in green. Yeah, good, uh, good, real good question. Uh, we've had uh, an array of success of where people have come to us. Uh, some have went to because uh, we again heavily what we do is process claims have had some uh, coding experience, whether it be uh, through uh, additional education after high school. Uh, a lot of people have come to us that work for uh, physicians' offices that's familiar with that coding. And, uh, yeah, certainly a lot of people have no clue what, we're a third-party administrator, what that is. Uh, I Googled it before you got here, so. Sure. So if we, if we, uh, if we stick more to the claims processing side, and we've got support staff, we've got IT and everything else, uh, but if we stick to the claims processing side discussion, uh, we look for uh, people that's well-rounded and talent can talk on the phone, and, and we feel like can pick up this technical capability to them with the coding and whatnot. We've got software that helps that, but we do have a really strict 90-day training program. It's kind of like a 90-day boot camp, mm. and uh, we find out in that 90 days who can graduate and move out to the floor. So okay, we, so there's a graduation process. There, there is, there is a, before you're released to the actual production floor that we've got a, a room and a special training area that, that's a, a proving ground for them to, uh, uh, as all they do is focus on training. They can't process any claim uh, without it being 100% audited. So there's a lot of practicing going on, and uh, we use that specific room and area. We've got... Uh, pull down screens and uh, it's basically a classroom setting to, to train these people and give them opportunity uh, to succeed. Yeah. So say um, hypothetically somebody does not prove themselves in the training ground. Do they go back through the program again? Do we look for another seat on the bus? We, we look for another seat on the bus. Uh, uh, but uh, unfortunately, if we have a, if you'd say, where's your turnover, it would be in that 90 days. And it would, and, and that's no offense to anybody. That's no. not for this. Isn't for for everyone. And we see in that ninety days that this just isn't a fit. Uh, and and that's where you'd see the turnover rate being higher. That that, that maybe this class we had five people uh, in this for in this training class for ninety days, and and we see four of them are going to make it, and and the fifth is just it, you know just not catching on. Yeah, and that's that's to be expected. You can't assume every hundred percent of people. Our are, clients, I can tell you, they you would never ask them this, but no question, they expect that because we're handling eight hundred million dollars a year of claims. I mean, they they expect our performance and accuracy uh, to be nothing nothing less than perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Is that something that you implemented? Uh, from the start, or is that something you realized over time? Over, after over time, I mean, when you're starting out, you're uh, and again, I give Faith Haley a tremendous amount of credit. She was wearing all kinds of hats because she was processing claims and taking phone calls and uh, 
and uh, handling billings and everything else. And over time, you just get to a point and go, look, claims processing is difficult. We need to give people the opportunity to succeed, and we set up this specific program uh, uh, many, many years ago. Yeah, and it's working out tried and true. Absolutely, yeah. Do you give any sort of certificate or anything after that? No, no, no certificate other than, than the acknowledgement that if you get on the – production floor and are placed in what we call a pod, yeah. which is no more than 10 people in a specific work area that has a, a, a supervisor that's immediately right in that same room. That's your acknowledgement, uh, our acknowledgement to you that uh, that you've passed uh, the training course. Oh, cool. So, so say that I'm in a pod, there's kind of a walk around person that can answer any questions I have if I'm on the phone? Absolutely. There's an, a, a team member or team leader, I should say, that's extremely experienced. That's right there in the midst of a difficult claim, a difficult phone call. I can and divert right to that person that's right there on the floor with me, uh, kind of on the battlefield. Wow. Uh, and we do that. So there's no claim pod unless you have a team leader in there. Interesting. So say somebody's on vacation, you just kind of move things around and make it work out? Yes. Yep. Pretty amazing. We stagger lunches. So when we tell you we answer the phone Monday through Friday, somebody's answering eight the to phone. Five, we're answering the phone, and by design, this seems fairly elementary. Yeah. But by design, you call in, and, and the person you're trying to talk to is on lunch break. Uh, it rolls to another person in that room and will not go to voicemail. It will not. It by design, our technology and the phone system will not let it go to voicemail. Sticking to it. Yep. We're not, not going to let you go. That's per- and then if they ask for the voicemail, obviously they get sent to the voicemail, yeah. even if they don't want the help. Right. Crazy. So in the last, so you're in business 25 years, right? 1996? In the, in, you know, Just had your anniversary Fe- last year. February 1, February 1 of 96 was officially our, our 25th year. And it, with the pandemic, we put off a big celebration. And again, in trying to uh, recognize these people, the milestones, we... Uh, Held that off until April of last year, but we uh, we rented buses and uh, we bused people to a really neat facility in the uh, Fishers and Carmel area and had an offsite party. There you uh, go. Great food and uh, great time. We had a video created by uh, a local company here in Pendleton, mm-hmm. Tyler Bradfield uh, and Jack Hudson put together an awesome video that uh, put our 25-year history in about a 15-minute video segment. Isn't that crazy? And it's a great video. So if you ever want to see it, go to unifiedgrp.com, and you could see that video posted in in uh, the About Us section. What was it like to um, kind of recount on what the 25 years were when you were sitting there doing that video? It uh, multiple times uh, got me choked up Yeah, uh, to, to think that uh, Faith and I went out on a limb my wife didn't work outside the home. Uh, she was pregnant with our second child. Great time to quit your job. Uh-huh. I believe it. Yeah. And uh, actually, I had a, been around construction uh, much of my life. My dad was in the contracting business. So I had a really uh, harebrained idea that I'll build a second house, uh, as they call it, spec house, which mm-hmm. is abbreviation for speculation. <laughs> and it sure was. So I owned two houses. I only needed one. And uh, wife pregnant, a second job or, or second child, and I quit my job. And uh, uh, I thought this house would sell, but it was time to start the business, and it wasn't sold. So uh, Faith and I actually, for two weeks, was in a spec house as an office. And 
somebody come along and offer me what I had in it, not with no profit. And I said, I'll take it. I need to get rid of this, this debt. And, uh, I come back and told faith and she said, what we're moving after two weeks. So we moved around the corner to my house and worked in the sunroom of my house from February of 96 until May of 96, when we moved into, uh, to Falls Park Plaza. So, uh, in, in reflecting back on that, uh, it's, it's unbelievably humbling, uh, how God, took care of us and carried us through that time when there, were, uh, you know, there was no uh, uh, outside income and you got to take care of your family. And uh, when you put your back against the wall, uh, you find out who you are and, 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 and your relationships you have in the industry uh, in the business world and been very, very blessed uh, to deliver to those customers and, and have the uh, longevity of clients been with us many, many years. Our first customer is called Hillcross Services out of uh, uh, Muncie, and they cover a pretty wide uh, geographic area in what they do in, in, uh, in helping develop and employ physically and mentally handicapped adults and children. And uh, they were our first client and still our client today. Wow. Uh, so uh, I always like to tell the story, too. I quit my job and went to them and said, Hey, I'm starting my own administrative business and had the biggest lump in my throat because it's like, they're, they're going to say, no, you know, come back in a, in a year when you got up and running or something, we'll, we'll see, we'll see then. And I said, how would you like to be my first client? And had the biggest lump in my throat. Uh, and they said, we'd love to be. And I said, are you sure? <laughs> you know, you haven't even thought about this, but, uh, it goes back to relationship it was, it was very powerful and, 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 and certainly not of the arrogance to think that it was going to be yes. Uh, but many, many of my prior clients, actually 14 out of 14 of our prior clients that I worked with over a period of about a year's time came over to Unified and uh, forever indebted to, to those clients that helped us get established. And now we compete, again, very uh, humbling uh, and, and thankful and proud but not prideful of, of where we're at today and compete very, very favorably in the industry. We have a great reputation uh, built over many years, and, uh, and it's just awesome to be able to, to compete against, uh, uh, in our sector, pretty much against anybody uh, that you'd go up against. Yeah. Um, if you were to close your eyes when you were starting out and you made that decision, you quit your job, you had two houses, second kid on the way, and you close your eyes and you said, what is my vision for Unified Group Services? Do you think you've surpassed that vision today? By, seriously, I'd say tenfold. There was, there was six, seven, maybe eight companies in the central Indiana market that do what we do, third-party administration, um, and some bigger, some smaller, but there was many that were probably 15, 20, 25 employees, and I thought, we can do that. We'll, we'll, we'll get that. And we'll, and faith and I will make a, a viable living. Uh, but to think we become a multi-million dollar uh, now recognized around the Midwest. And we do, do have some business around the whole country, uh, is way beyond whatever thought would happen, but we continue to operate and are confident and stay true to our, uh, uh our foundations and what we promised and delivered to our customers, and, and through that we continue to grow. So I, I'd say we're probably 10 times bigger 
than ever thought we would be. But I've got an awesome team, and uh, we're not afraid to take on the challenges and continue to to grow like we do. I've got a great young staff. My uh, daughter uh, is now been promoted into a vice presidential financial area. Awesome. So it's awesome in her her office. Is, I don't know if she likes it or not, but it's right next to mine. Yeah. Uh, my son-in-law, her husband, works for me and has since he was in college at AU. They both went to AU together. Uh, and, and and I can just go on down the line and mention some great younger talent that, that continues to uh, help us grow and allows me to uh, – to have a lot more freedom, and I've got confidence that everything's being taken care of at the office. Isn't that something? It is. Never, uh, never thought we'd be there. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty amazing. Um, I obviously work with my dad. He's he's spending a month in Mexico. He earned it. Um, so there, we're a window away. So I can look into his office at any point during the day. Yeah. Which also means he can look into mine at any yeah. point of the day. So it's that, you know. Did you guys ever get in arguments? We call them Sparkies in our office. Yeah. Uh, you know, not really. There, there's disagreements, but, but uh, just, just a, I think an overall focus to what's best for the company. Mm-hmm. Is this good for our employees and we're not doing things that we shouldn't be doing and taking them beyond what our capabilities are and what, what industry we're supposed to be in? And, and ultimately, is this best for the, the customer? So, yeah. um, What's it... Has the vision changed now as you look at it and your obviously your your kids are part of the business and um you know you've been here for twenty five years. I assume the vision's changed to now we're looking in a different direction. Where do you want to be twenty five years from today? Uh, I still want to be uh, who we are from a why we got in business and that is offer great outstanding service, continue to uh, bring on new products and processes. And, and capabilities to meet and exceed the, the industry uh, standards mm-hmm. and uh, what's needed to do a self-funded plan. Uh, and, and I see that uh, with my people, and I've pounded in their head that that's what we're going to continue to do, that uh, I keep adapting to the industry. And, and I want to be able to look in the rearview mirror. And Faith, uh, that's recently retired, I know she feels very strongly that she left at a great time and left things in great hands, and I'll do the same thing. And these people continued on to compete. And, uh, uh, it, it, you know, very, very fortunate, not not uh, being uh, overly confident or arrogant, but uh, we, we know what we do. We stick to that, and we'll continue to compete. Absolutely. So let me leave you with one last question, especially as you look back at everything. Um, do you think you got to where you are today because of luck or skill? Um, I would say we got here because of, uh, both of them, luck and skill, uh, luck and timing that if we don't start the business when we did, we wouldn't be here and take that risk. Uh, I, I'm very, very fortunate was, was, uh, had the luck and the timing to start the business, but then the skill, uh, to, to apply what we learned and what we knew. And, and deliver those promised capabilities to our customers, all those promises that we make, and deliver on uh, the things that we do. So it, it, it's a combination and having great people to uh, get on board and follow the, the vision. Yeah, absolutely. And that vision is everything, especially as you grow from, you know, one to two to three right. to 140. Right. That vision never changes. And I think in, we're – In our building, sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. Our building and real estate where we're at – 
I'm proud as heck to be uh, in this area. Uh, we moved, yes, from Pendleton to Anderson, but on the south side, our business needs, needs no visibility. But we're very close to the interstate uh, where we attract people from. It's a great place to be. Uh, we own our real estate. We've expanded uh, uh, about a third in square footage. So we had about 11,000 square feet uh, during the pandemic that opened up. And we're literally setting with the bricks and mortar and real estate to almost double the company size and business right where it's at. Wow. So I keep telling my people, we're set to go. Uh, uh, so all we got to do is keep delivering and, and keep uh, pounding the pavement and keep our nose to the grindstone. And, and uh, the vision is to fill this building up. It's 35,000 square feet, and uh, that's the plan to keep doing it. Yeah. One person at a time. How are you attracting in, um, attracting new people into the business? Like, a lot of people have talent pipelines through colleges. Um, people are working with high schools. What are, what are you guys doing to find new? Really, uh, just networking and, yeah. and uh, locally and through social media, uh, trying to keep telling our story out there. Uh, and, and there's a lot of people, no offense, but that, that they don't want to drive to Indianapolis, let's say, and we can save you a lot of time on the road. Here we are right right off I-69, good location. Uh, so we, we draw from a, uh, a fairly broad area, but quite frankly, I think most people are within 15, 20 minutes of their home and uh, just try to keep word of mouth going. A lot of people will refer their friends in, whatever it might be, that uh, we, we you know, knock on wood, we can keep getting uh, the talent to, to help us uh, take care of these customers. Absolutely. That's everything. Yep. Um, so I know I already said last question, so I'm going to ask you one last, last question. Okay? Okay. This is like when you do a PS, but you do PSS. Okay. Um, my last question, and this is um, this podcast, I would say, is geared towards entrepreneurs, small business owners. Yeah. yeah. The solopreneur who, you know, finally gets to his first person on the payroll, right? Right. right. What would be your, and you could use a phrase or one word or one story, one thing you would talk say to that person and say, hey, this is the one word I have of advice for you as an entrepreneur from where I was when I started to where I am today. I would say you're never going to have it all figured out and have a perfect foundation laid and a you know, perfect path to, to success and sustainability. And you certainly have to have thick skin and not let anybody deter you from your from your vision and your desire and certainly be willing to take risk and know that, uh, that you could be failing and there's a lot of failures along the way. And if you're not failing, uh, then you're, then you're not making improvements and heading in the right direction. So, uh, been very fortunate, probably wasn't smart enough to understand the risk that was being taken, but it was literally all on the line. I mean, it was up many a night praying in the sunroom of my house, uh, wondering, do I need to get a job? Is, is it time to get a job because don't know if this is actually going to work out. Yeah. So you, you got to look in the mirror and you got to question yourself and say, what, what do I do to take care of my family uh, and, and not get in a position uh, uh, that you can't recover from. So yeah. Backs against the wall. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to take a, a leap. Absolutely. Well, Rich, I want to say thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't want to take up much more of your time. Yeah. Um, if anybody wanted to get a hold of unified group looking for employment, um, maybe you want to look into self-funding in general. Uh, unified, what's the best way? Unifiedgrp.com. Absolutely. Uh, you can go right there and uh, get connected to us uh, rather easily with that website. We try to keep it fresh and relevant 
and would love for everybody to look at our 15-minute video that's going to be said a lot better than what you and I probably just talked about here. Oh, it's probably just as good. So we'll go ahead and we'll add the link to the video in the uh, podcast show notes, probably post it online as well. So thank you, Rich. I appreciate you. We'll talk for another hour. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Hey, guys. Thank you again so much for your love and support of the Performance Group Podcast. For more information on the podcast, the Performance Group, or even our guests, feel free to reach out directly via our website, performancegroupindiana.com, or feel free to email me directly, which is sean at performancegroupindiana.com. We'll see you guys next week.